Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. Welcome to Tabor and Bethel. I will be your host sitting in for Brother Michael. This is Kendra, and we have a couple of special guests today, Mrs. Leah and Brother Keith. Hello. <laughs> good morning. So today's topic, we're going to be talking on churched and unchurched. What exactly does that mean? How do we reach the unchurched? Interestingly enough, this topic is um, has been kind of controversial in the past, but um, I think the modern-day church has gone through extreme strides in growth in reaching those unchurched. And what I mean by that is um, our contemporary church services have changed so much in their format to be more inviting to those who are either turned off by traditional church services, Mm -hmm. um, as they've been known, or to revive and kind of regenerate enthusiasm about coming to the actual building. Okay. Now, when we discussed unchurched, uh, one of the defining things is that these people do believe in God. They're not atheists. They are spiritual. One of the number one issues that they struggle with with the church itself is transparency. I want to see that you are walking in line with their biblical principles. Are you Christ-like or are you just kind of, eh? And if you're not Christ-like. Kind of like Christ. <laughs> but not right. like Christ, but kind of like. like you you almost quite, <laughs> right. maybe. But at least be transparent. Let me know that you're still human and walking in the flesh trying to walk closer to the light. And that's how a lot of unchurched people come across. What are your thoughts, Keith? I'm not sure if I... I'm trying to figure out if I wholeheartedly agree with that one. If the people are are choosing to not attend church or come away from church because of a transparency issue, or like like Lee was saying a second ago, I think our society our society has changed. Our church service, our church structure has changed. Um, there are a lot more things that are a lot more permissive. There's there's groups. So more importantly, what is necessarily the need for church? And I think this may be one of the larger issues. Is there still a need for the church in our community? And I think that's maybe what I've seen from people who don't go to church. Not necessarily a level of transparency or accountability among leadership, but just why in general? Good okay. question. Can we go can we go to the heart of this and just discuss first? I know, I know we're all big on definitions. Kanye West new album. <laughs> no. <laughs> but what is the church? And when you say church, because, I mean, if we're going back to fundamental beliefs, we are all the church. Absolutely. People are the church. Not the building, not the organization, not the religious structure, not, you know— a denomination, but we as people, as Christ's followers, believers in God, we are the church. So every day we live out an example of being Christ-like, and we are churching the unchurched by your life, right? Your lifestyle, how you live on a daily basis. And that's outside of the necessary, the, the, the building, 
per se, even though we are, you know, we're called, we're supposed to com commune together and congregate with like-minded folks, but we're supposed to live our lives Christ-like so that we can be a witness, a living witness every day and church the unchurched, those people who don't come to the building. For those who do come to the building, um, when they get there, yes, they do want to see the transparency and we're all human and all that other stuff. Um, but I think, like I was saying earlier, like even churches' approach to delivering the Word of God. Um, I see there's definitely a transition. I mean, you've got your small groups. They're trying to reach yes. different mm -hmm. populations at different times. However, have we gotten so far away from a traditional view that people are just like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to even be bothered. It sounds like like the community group at, at the HOA. Wow. The community group at the HOA, are they talking about Jesus? Then that's church. <laughs> I mean, like, if, if they are, if y'all meeting and y'all end in prayer, like, it'd be like, okay, well, does anyone want to give their life to God? Like, then that's That really is church. And I think for a long period of time, and there, of course, there are ebbs and tides in our society where things are in fashion or not in fashion, in the, like the mega church. And you've got, you know... 50,000 members that come to church on Sunday and you've got four different services and you've got and it's so impersonal that people are just talking at you and you don't actually see regardless of how transparent they attempt to be there's still such a distance mm -hmm. and there's no intimacy in having relationship not just with God but with each other they don't teach you that so we have come a long way in churching the the unchurched, the uncongregated, um, in oh. um, congregating to kind of connect with each other. So, for instance, when when I first moved to Atlanta, I went through um, a transition where I was seeking out where I could fellowship and and go to church, and I went to big churches, small churches, whatever, whatever. And there were certain things that were attractive. In, um, in, in different church environments. Um, and one of the things that I found in a larger church was that they really encouraged the small groups, as you say. So mm -hmm. you, you get together if you're new, meet new people, you get a foundation of some folks who have been there for a while and they kind of show you the ropes and let you know all of the things that are available. But it was about building relationships on a personal and more intimate level, which is how we should build relationships our relationship with God on it. It shouldn't be like the, the, the group mind, right. Mm -hmm. Or the mob mentality. You just go cause everybody else goes and you do cause everybody else does, but you still don't have that personal relationship. Right. So I, I understand that structure and that was very attractive to me. Um, but one of the other things that was attractive to me was even their praise and worship had changed. Okay. Like it is now. And again, the ebb and flow of culture in, in our churches um, but every church service now is a small concert and they've got, <laughs> you know, they've got, they've got Sunday service, they got like Sunday blaring. Su I'm serious. Right, they've got right. Sunday service blaring or Jesus is born and everybody is rocking in their small groups and chorales instead of huge mass choirs. And, you know, you have your ensembles that sing and lead praise and worship. And it is designed to be a little more intimate. 
intimate or entertaining? Entertaining. Both. Both. Is, is a relationship with Christ entertaining or, I mean... God entertains me all the time. <laughs> this stuff, but some of the stuff that happens is so funny. And I'm like, Lord, you know what? That was good. That was, I you wouldn't expect you did, you did that. 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 Okay. I wouldn't expect that. So um, I think that there are, and, and God wants to give us joy in certain, in our situations as we're getting through life. Um, but I do think that he has a bit of a sense of humor. So some of it I, I do agree is, you know, he says, sit back and watch me work. Okay. I'm God. I'll show you that I'm God. And you be mm-hmm. like, oh, Lord, you did that. You right. worked that out. So as far as reaching these lovely unchurched people, how do you think we should go about it as Christians? Who are the unchurched? Are You're, there people who are unsaved or no, no. folks that are folks just who not? Know, folks who know God who are just not going into the service. They're not coming. They said, nah, I'm good. I it's have online. a relationship. I mean, How? Sunday service. Sunday service. Well, I said it's online. Sunday services could be in your living room because of the internet and They don't, even want, they don't even want to do that. They don't want to be a part of that. They want, this is my relationship with God. I'm happy with my relationship with God. I don't really care to interact with other people. How do you say we need each other? How do you bridge that gap? I think even with that, and and scripturally, we have to show people that you know, forsake not the assembling of the saints of your, yourselves together. And so there's uh, there's something about communion, there's something about fellowship that invites the presence of God in our lives, and we have to do that. Um, like I said, unfortunately, I think a lot of times our churches kind of grow and evolve in reaction to some of the things that we see going on in society. And trying to understand how we go about combating that. So what is the interest? What's the reason that people are not attending church? What is the reason that they don't find an interest? What is the reason that people think that they can go this journey all by themselves and that they have all the judgment and the wisdom to make the best decisions in their lives? And so those are some of the things I think as Christians and as a church that we have to answer in meeting the needs and making it necessarily making it attractive for the unchurched, but mm-hmm. giving them, but showing them a reason, showing them the reason why it's, why it's so vitally important. Um, to commune together. To commune together. Well, that's like anything. Um, and it's a challenge. It, it, it's a challenge in more than just the uh, spiritual community, but even, um, Professionally, like okay, so I do my job. Why do I need to come talk to you? <laughs> like, do your job. But we all do need each other. And um, going back to the point that you brought up about certain things that we see in our society, you know, it's amazing how people come together after a tragedy, right? Mm-hmm. And then you realize, and you're a lot more conscious of our humanity. And um, some of the bad things that happen in the world, whether it's, you know, natural disaster, then everybody pulls together. We need each other. Mm-hmm. But when everything is going well, you know, we good. You stay over there. I'm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I know about that bombing and everything, but right. we are fine now. We are fine. So we're worshiping the same synagogue. It's okay. It's okay. You just do you. Um, but we do need each other. And again, you gain strength. 
not just um, in support and coming together, but just communing with like-minded people. When you're around, if you know, if you're a football fan and you talk to other football fans, you get reignited, re-excited, you know, regenerated all over again when you're in their presence because you have a like mind, right? When you have a like goal and you're on a team at work and you're like, okay, we're going to reach this goal, we're going to do this and accomplish this, and you do and you feel so great and wonderful, you need all of those people along the way to get there. And no man is an island. And it's amazing how much you realize you're not an island when you need help. Yeah, when you need help. But I think, like we said before, society does not is not pointing us that way. You can do everything else within the confines of your own home. You can go to school absolutely, by yourself. You can We can work remotely and never have to interact with another person. And unfortunately, I think that same mindset bleeds over into our church. And Absolutely. so what once again, what is the reasoning? Uh, what's the reasoning behind making this extra effort to to meet and greet and fellowship with other people when I don't do this in any other avenue of right. my life? I've got my core group. I'm fine. We all know Christ. We're good. We talk about him from time to time. You know, we socialize. But I don't really want to go into the church. And so, once again, and that leads to the point of how attractive is the church to unbelievers or any kind of Christian. So some of us, some segments of us, like me, grew up Southern Baptist, <laughs> where we devoted and um, with devotion, the choir marched in, and you worked on your processional, and <laughs> then you had to hoop and holler for two, three hours, and you went to early morning service, and then 11 o'clock service, and you came back. And there was lunch, no balance. And then you had a evening program, and that is not quite as attractive to people as it is now. And so you start seeing the reaction to that in churches now. So they make churches, like I said, uh, we've, we've kind of departed from uh, devotional service, and now we do praise and worship and the mini concerts, <laughs> and even the, the the tone and timbre of the music that we play is more reminiscent of some of the other things that we hear, some secular music. Mm-hmm. And that appeals to some people. So that uh, I'm trying to make that appealing to some groups, and there are other groups that find that, oh, that's the devil's music in the church. And so what is the balance, or how is it that we... Draw. How do we draw? What brings them in? I think people bring people in. People bring people. My choir, my my uh, my old choir director and pastor used to say when we were uh, building our choir, and his goal was to, uh, I mean, we need more girls in choir because. If you get all these sopranos and altos in the choir, then them boys, they'll come. And so uh, <laughs> what is now our minds were nowhere near right, but it, it worked. It got us in there. And while, <laughs> and once we were in there, then we learned little Jesus. Um, and that's the thing. We just got to get you in and you, you will learn a little Jesus. You'll learn a little more So we're Jesus. just going to sprinkle little drops of Jesus <laughs> on everybody. <laughs> I'm just sowing a little so to see, so to see, so to see. Okay. No, but sometimes, you know, you do need the draw of the choir or their praise and worship is like a concert. Come in and, do, you know, and I can't tell you how many people I'm invited to church or invited to my church and say, oh, my goodness, you will enjoy the praise and worship service. Only to learn later on that it was really the word that was placed on their heart, you know, that mm. they received and was right. life-changing. That's what they needed. Like, I don't want to hear the hooping and hollering. Teach me. Teach me. 
Um, but they would not have come were it not for so-and-so is coming to minister at our church, and they're going to sing, and it's going to be an awesome concert. Oh, by the way, you're going to get this word, and it's going to be life-changing. You're going to get delivered and stop all that lying and backbiting. But um, <laughs> but come listen to this music. It's going to be great. And then you end up on the altar, you know, delivering service. So the, whatever is the draw, and for everyone it's different, but I do believe that people bring people to church. If they if you can go to church and you say you're excited about your church and again this goes back to churching the unchurched in an everyday walk of life. They can see, "Oh my gosh, Kendra, you are always so happy. You are always you always find the silver lining. You are always so How do you do that?" And you say, "Oh, it's Lies. the God in me." <laughs> <laughs> if it's the God in you that that that's what they see, and then that's what draws them mm-hmm. to even ask you, well, okay, so where do you go to church? Because how do you learn? Because my church is, you know, I can't wait to get out of there after three hours. So where are you going? And, and you're still excited about it. church for three hours? Some people. Some people need. Some people do. Okay. Some people need more than that. Now, the other but, question is, when we have these wonderful experiences, does it become more of a high and not relative to their lives? Like, I, I got this high this one time from this church, and it was great. And they come back, and it's not the same. How do you keep them? You keep them by building and teaching them how to build relationship with God. It is not just an experience. It is like, you know, most fad diets. It's just not a fad. It has to be a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And the only way to do that, one, is you have to plant the seed at some point. And it may not be, that seed may not grow or may grow, but may not mature in that arena. It may not be that church. Mm-hmm. Like it, you may be there for a reason, season, or lifetime. You may be there just to get the word, just for your heart to be pricked, just for you to give your life to God, or just for you to recommit. Mm-hmm. And to research, but it's going to take some other things, and those other things I think we see on a daily basis from other people. Yeah, and not every time that you walk to the building is going to be this flat slam, knock down on the floor experience for most people. And so I think we kind of delude ourselves thinking it is always going to be exactly like this. Um, yeah, sometimes there's a there's a wonderful high or experience or the, the glory of God comes down and just wrecks shop. And sometimes it's quiet. Sometimes it's it's a it's a it's a quiet voice. And I've been in churches before where they've hooped and hollered. I've been in flo- in churches before where they have just simply laid out in worship. I'm glad that was not my ringtone going off. Um so but we have to um I've lost my train of thought. I am so sorry. No. <laughs> I thought I had it on Do Not Disturb. Apparently not. Jesus is trying to call you. Is, is that Jesus calling? Jesus calling. Because I was unchurched and he, he was getting my attention. He will find a way sure to enough, get your attention. My, my reverend of a mother up. was calling. So, yes, I guess mm-hmm. he was. So, um, hilarious. Every experience is not going to be the same. The same which experience. is the beauty of having relationship with God. Um, one of the things that as we mature, not just as human beings, but as saints, um, in following God and our walk with God, it changes. Um, and there are, we have times that you're in a valley. We've got times of drought. You have times when you're on a mountaintop. But um, 
as a mother raising a teenage daughter, um, there are there are times when I see so much growth in her where everything because everything is not going to be the same. So as she is growing and she is um, coming into her own, her own knowledge of self. Right. And she has a job. Um, and there are days when she doesn't want to do her job. She don't feel like I just don't feel like today. I mean, I know I said I was going to do this, but I don't feel like it. It goes beyond your feeling and your relationship with God, especially goes beyond should go beyond and is much deeper than how you feel for the day. He's still God, even if you're depressed. He's still God, sits on high, is almighty, all-powerful, even when you don't feel like going to church. Even you don't feel like, and it's not so much an obligation. You should want, want to. go to. You should want to because of what he's done in the past, because of who he is, because of what he has already done, who he already is. And you're not going to know that unless you have a, a relationship with him unless you have that intimate one-on-one daily talk daily walk with him and if you are to be completely honest if you are having that daily walk and talk with God the Holy Spirit will compel you to be with like-minded folks you will want you will feel the need I need to get around some fo- you know what I'm falling over here and I'm following this and this has become too complacent. I need to get with some folks who are like-minded like me, who may strengthen me in this area. And you, I mean, all of us do need, whether it's spiritually or secularly, a um, a mentor, a mentor, an accountability partner, mm-hmm. somebody that's going to call you on your stuff. Like, really, you got God all by yourself sitting at home and you don't need to do nothing but look at it on the Internet every Tuesday. Because your show ain't on on Tuesday night. Like, come on. Somebody is going to say something if they know, if they, you know, if they know you, if they're close to you. And no one can get close to you if you are an island. But no one is an island. That's the thing. Who are you surrounding yourself with? But I think you you hit on something when you said um, about accountability. And especially in these days, no one likes it. No one likes no one to has be, ever liked to be accountable for anything or anyone. But, but I even, already got to work. But I yeah. pay my bills. I'm accountable to that. I'm That's accountable to that. And so in a, in this age of permissiveness and and self, um, I, and you see it all the time. No one wants to be told what to do, what to do, or how to do, or how to behave, or this is proper, or this is right. And so everybody wants, tends to go off on their own direction. And so no one wants the, and I think I've seen that the church is full of restrictions and requirements. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do this, which is totally opposed to what I as an unchurched person want to do. And then there's the other end of the spectrum where the church allows everything. This folks was like, oh, well, go ahead. we don't want to offend, so you can do this. And, well, you know, we don't mind if you do this. And Somebody still needs to say. The example has to be set. You have to, to know that there is a structure. There is some format. And not just the format, but mm-hmm. even going back to the Word of God, in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. Lean not to your own Understand. understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. He will direct your path. There has to be someone telling you what to do because you don't know everything. So who is teaching you? Who is your leader? You at home? 
But if you have a relationship with Christ, which is the unchurched day. And the Holy Spirit is going to teach you and the Holy Spirit will tell you you need to be accountable to somebody. Fall up under a pastor, a minister, somebody. And and it can't be um, like our president right now, this this form of self-accountability. I'll submit when I want to submit. No, 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 no. That's not how this works. When you are told this is right and this is what to do and this is the law and the structure and the bylaw, these are the law. These are the laws. Then you adhere to that law, whether you want to or not, whether it's comfortable or not, whether you like it or not. You're going to have to. So if you don't have anyone to submit to, to be accountable to, leaning to your own understanding, that is that's a path of destruction by itself. Hmm. Well, <laughs> now, now that we're, we're telling you, you have to go to church. <laughs> you have to assemble yourself with like-minded people. So again, when you're saying go to church, what is the, what is church? Church, people in, in unbelievers believe that church is the actual building, right? Um, just like going to an AA meeting. And I'm not saying that your relationship with God is consistent with going to an AA What? Because I got an addiction to being fleshly. So it's not I the, have to seek God. So it's, I it's not the come same. But in, but in structure, in structure, it is very similar, right? So you know you have a problem. You're a sinner. You know that there is one who can save you. That is Jesus Christ. So you need to assemble with some strong, safe folks so that you don't fall wary to these sins, right? So you need to be delivered. Okay, great. It's the same thing. You may not like to go to AA, but you need that support group. You need it. You may not want it. You may not like it. It may not be comfortable. Some some days you may run there. Some days it's like, I don't want to go, but I should probably go because... I need this reminder. I need this support. I need to hear the word of God. I need to hear. And who are you going to hear it by? But from a teacher. Were you called to teach? Are you going to teach yourself? If you could teach yourself, why do you need Jesus? True. True. You need to go to someone who is, go hear the word, the truth. And so all those things, how do you bring it back into coming to a building? Whether if, just go to the small meeting. You don't want to go to church in the formal service. Go to Bible study. Okay. Start there. Start there. Go to Bible study. Go talk to some people who are like-minded, who have the same goals, spiritual goals. Like, I I want to be delivered. I want to be a better Christian. I want to be a better person. I want to be a follower of Christ, not just on Sunday, but on a daily basis. I want my life to be an example. Go hang around some folks who think like that. Okay. And you don't meet them in the club. You do meet them in the club. You meet them in the club. You meet them at Publix. You meet them at Kroger. You meet them everywhere. I agree. But I, you know what? My sister, so my parents are pastors, and I have four sisters. And um, my my mom, as we got older, used to tell us all the time about, you know, partying. And you got to bring it in and come on. And you know better. And da 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 And so my second oldest sister, I'll never forget this. We were sitting down having a family Bible study at home. And she said, but mom, you don't understand how many people I witnessed to in the club. (laughs) 
But I'm not even mad at her. I'm not either. But I just thought that was so funny because my mom's face like hit just the floor, crumbled. just cracked. She was like, "You don't know I, how many people I've witnessed to." She said, "My girlfriend that came last week to church, she was at the club with me on Saturday." Because <laughs> if you can club on Saturday, you, you can, can go to church. If you on can party, Sunday. you can praise. That's right. That is. <laughs> So reaching the unchurch is just getting out there and showing yourself, you know, being transparent. Is that what we're saying? Um, I think that is that's a huge part of it. Um, and we look at the biblical examples and Jesus went to where they were, he went to where they were, communed with them, let them know that they were loved and they were lovable and that there's a better way of what they're doing. And that's kind of the same thing that we have to do. I think a lot of times we sit back and expect them to come to us. But, um, and that's not always the case. Sometimes they will search, but, you know, a lot of times we have to go out into the highways of highways and we have to find them, find them, minister them, show them a better way, and mm-hmm. then bring them along with us. Um, but this expectation that they'll just appear, appear um, uh, doesn't always happen that way. So there is something about that. There's something about acceptance and loving, uh, loving people and making the church of the church, not necessarily more attractive to them, but showing them the reason why, showing them God's love, showing them the showing them the path to salvation, and all of these things help bring the unchurched to the church. Thank you, Brother Keith and Leah. I appreciate your comments and letting us know how to be unchurched and churched and loved and having no condemnation, but accountability, because I think that's what it comes down to. I want to be accountable to the word of God. I want to be accountable to my fellow man. So thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Kendra, you did a great job without Michael here. It is fantastic. I'll do this again. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Michael, she's coming for your job. She's coming for your job. I do not want your job. (laughs) Tune in next time.